0: I escaped, (laughs) I'm able to be here this morning, I'm delighted to be here and be able to preach today and I hope that we have a great day, I know we're going to have a great day, Uh, we're sitting here this morning and you ever think about who you're sitting by and who you're sitting around, you're sitting around people who are just like you, they've got burdens, they've got heartaches, they've got needs. They worry about the future sometimes. They worry about their health. They worry about their strength. But the thing that keeps us all going is the fact that we know in whom we have believed. And we are on the winning side. And I'm glad I'm on the winning side today. And uh, we're all going to be in heaven one day shouting and rejoicing and praising God for all his goodness. And we should never forget that. This is a place of encouragement, this is a place of help, this is a place you don't want to miss. And be here and let God work in your heart. Be turning your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2. I appreciate this opportunity. I don't get to preach much anymore. And I appreciate this opportunity to practice on you today. And uh, this morning and tonight. But uh, I look forward to it. And uh, by the way, if you're going to hear a sermon I preach today, I'd rather it be the one tonight. So uh, just remember that. And uh, we're going to have a good time today. And Tony, I'm glad you got promoted. You get to be in the service now (laughs) as you're here stay awake. Uh, All right. I'm so glad that I'm saved. I, I don't have nothing much that I can offer anyone but to tell them a testimony of I know for sure that I'm going to heaven. I have been saved for 67 years. That's a long time. But you know what? It's still fresh today. It's still real today. It's still as potent as it ever was. And uh, if we put our faith in Christ, oh, how light, wonderful life is. Life has been wonderful for me. I've had heartaches. I've had burdens. My wife and I have. We've been through many things, many trials and tribulations, but we've been through more good things than we've been bad things. And God's given us a great and a wonderful life, and I rejoice that I've got to be, share it with many of you for a long, long time, and I'm glad to be here with you this morning. So pray for me. Hebrews chapter number two and verse number one, verses one through three, we're going to read. And I know pastor preached out of this passage not long ago, so I'm going to do it correctly this morning, okay? Uh, so, you no, know, <laughs> you no, know, that's all I could think of this morning. I said, he just preached on this. He just preached on this. But, well, the Lord wouldn't let me alone with it, so I'm, I'm going to mind the Lord and ask the pastor we'd forgive me. It's like this morning Miss Stanley was back there in the back where my wife and I were standing. She, kept, she didn't know she wanted to come in, sit so down and Robbie's up here talking and I said, well, just go on. She, she's worried about what he might say to her. I said, well, if he says something to you, then spank him after the service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she probably would, uh, but I, I love my son, love the work that God's doing here, and I love Heather too sometimes. I love her more now. This has been a good week for me to love Heather, uh, so you can tell her I said that. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 1, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? We can't let it slip. But you can't hold on to your excitement and your joy today. Because the only joy we have today really is the result of our salvation. And the Bible says, so great salvation. That's what I want to use as a text this morning. So great salvation. Okay, we've heard sermons. I've heard this sermon, this passage of Scripture preached on many, many, many times all my lifetime. Uh, and, I hear, and, we, and all of the preaching has been good on it. And I, I think this morning, I want to give you a perspective this morning that I think we all need... How should we neglect if we we neglect our salvation? Why is our salvation so great? Do you ever stop and think about that? When's the last time you really thought about why is your salvation so great to you? Think about you personally this morning. If you know Christ is your Savior, how great is it to you? How great is it every day? See, the whole secret to the Christian life is every day. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. When you learn, first of all, every day, rejoice in the fact that you're going to heaven. Rejoice in the fact that your sins are forgiven. Rejoice in the fact that Jesus loves you still and will love you forever. And if you do that, you'll learn that life's pretty good. Watch you go, I mean, folks, we can't go to hell. So we, we got, we're in good shape. We have Christ. We have the Savior. And so this morning, let's let him speak to our hearts. Father, speak to us this morning. Give me wisdom and give me strength and give me ability this morning. I need physical strength, Lord. I need your help with my mental capacities and my mental state that I might say the things that only you would want said here today. I pray, Father, you'll bless these precious people. And, Father, may all of us leave here today glad of one thing, that we know for sure we're going to heaven and that no matter what happens in this life, we belong to you and you belong to us And I pray now, Father, that we'll rejoice and leave here glad that we were in your house today so we could rejoice and praise you as you've commanded us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Why is salvation so great? We could think of many, many things today to say about why salvation is so great. But most of all, we're not going to hell. That makes it great. But what has salvation done for you? What does it mean to you this morning? Can you come to the house of God and rejoice this morning? You may have bills that need to be paid. You may have uh, doctor's reports you're waiting on. You may have difficulties going on in life. But you know one thing for sure, though. If you're saved, there's going to be an end to the problems. There's going to be an end to those things. We rejoice in our salvation this morning. But why should we rejoice in it? Why is it so great? I hope that you think about that and you make a list from time to time, about it. I just want to give you some things this morning I hope will encourage you and uh, help you today and make us all glad that we were in the house of God. What's so great about salvation I want to tell you about this morning. I'm going to give you several things. Number one, we didn't do anything to get it. Now you think about it. This, this is going to be very simple this morning. We didn't do anything to get it. Salvation is all of God and none of man. If man has anything to do with it, it's not salvation. Titus 3, 5 says, "...not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost." Thank God for his mercy. Philippians 3, 9 says, "...and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith." Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, familiar verses. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. 2 Timothy 1, 9. Who hath saved us? And called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And in Galatians two sixteen, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. We didn't do anything to get it. Uh, we did not a thing. He saved us by his mercy and by his grace. And this morning, we have been recipients of the greatest gift ever given. And we've been given salvation today. And we ought to rejoice in the fact that it's not of man. If it was of man, he could change it. If it was of man, he could be wrong. A man always has to put his hands in it. Didn't See, you didn't do anything to get saved. You you didn't do anything. If you did something, then you're not saved this morning because you're not saved by works. You're not saved by what you can do. The the religious crowd today overlooks the the scriptural proofs I've given to you. But salvation is all of God. God planned it. God has made it what it ought to be for us and it's to be all of God and none of man. And uh, the song says, Nothing can for sin atone, nothing but the blood of Jesus, not of good that I have done, Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing. Not your church membership. Not your baptism. Not being good. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Another song is all that I have is Jesus. All that I claim is Jesus. All that I want. All that I need. All that I plead. Is Jesus. Boy, isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. I would sing it to you today when all the singers would be jealous all day and quit and not sing tonight. You ought to thank God. You ever sing the song, Nothing But The Blood? Your salvation ought to mean something to you this morning. Hey, there's something wrong if it doesn't. All that you and I have is Jesus. All that we are is because of Jesus. It is none of me but all of him. I have been preaching a long time. In my 56th year. But I want to tell you something. It's all of Jesus. It's not of me. My salvation is all of Jesus. The wonderful Savior that came to me as a child. And saved my soul. There's none righteous. No not one. And no one has anything to do with our salvation. Other than Jesus Christ. Secondly we didn't do anything to to get it. We can't lose it after getting it. Boy that will put a smile on your face today. Uh. And John 10, 28 and 29 says, I've given them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. If a man brought it, then a man could lose it. I don't know anybody could contain us in, in salvation. You think of how bad you've been this week. We can let the wives testify And uh, you have quite a list of of sins today, so they say. But if you're in Jesus today, no one can accuse you. No one can put you in a funk to think that I'm not saved. You're saved forever, and you can't lose it after you get it. And man has nothing to do with it. If salvation is all of God and none of me, then it's impossible for me to do anything to lose it. People who believe this is, are so erroneous in what they teach people that you can lose your salvation. If you can lose it, then you, ha- you did something to get it. It's works if you believe you can lose your salvation. You're dependent upon works then and not faith, not grace. And it's all of grace. It's all of faith, not of works, the Bible said. Anything I do or you do is not salvation. It's all of God and none of me. That's why it's impossible Impossible to lose your salvation. I've had four children. One of them is in heaven. My wife and I have. They all were born into our household. They had no choice in the matter. They were begotten by our marriage union that God allowed us to have. They are stuck with the fact that they're our children. They can't do anything about it. They can have a blood exchange, have all their original blood removed in exchange for new blood, and they'd still be our begotten children. They could have organ transplants that would change their appearance to the point that they would not even look like our children. They could have face transplants. They could dif- disfigure themselves. They could rewrite their birth certificates. They could change their names and completely disregard all associations with us, but they could never renounce the ownership that was born to them through the Neil name in the family, and you can't get out. You can't get out. Hey, you kids, you get, you get sick of daddy, it's all you want to, but I got news for you, he'll still be your daddy. Except the fact that you're in the family of God, and you can't get out of the family of God. Eternal life means never ending. Man does not define the conditions of eternal life. You do not get to say what man must do or not do. We can't lose it after getting it. And number three. We can't do anything to make it better. Can you think of a way to make your salvation better? I can. Uh, we have all of this in heaven too. We're going to heaven. Our salvation is, is our ticket there. Galatians 2, 9 and 10 says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. I am in all the fullness of the Godhead bodily mind. mine. That means I am in the family of God today. And I can't be taken out of the family of God, and I can't renounce my. And by the way, have you ever met anybody who said, I'm sorry, I'm saved? You ever met that man who says, I'm sorry, I received Christ as my savior. I wish I wasn't going to heaven. None of those things make sense. Why go to church if you, if you can't get anything to make you rejoice and be happy in Jesus? Then you to Quit depending upon yourself to be happy. Depend on Christ. We can't do anything to make it better. So the, your happiness, your peace, your your spiritual rest is found where? In your salvation. Every time the devil gets on your case, just you start talking to him about being saved. You can say, I'm saved and I know that I am. I'm saved and I know that I am. Hey, you are saved. You know what? He doesn't like to talk to you about that. All he wants to say is, well, if you were saved, you wouldn't do that, or you wouldn't think that, or you wouldn't have done that. No, you're saved forever. You may may be a bad child sometimes, but you're still saved. God loves you, and he keeps you forever. And we're saved. You can't do anything to make it better. None of us can. Sometimes people are talking about their salvation experience and they, when well, I want to get more of God. No, you don't need more of God. Did you know when you got saved, you got all of God? Says so the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All of God. I have all of God today. You have all of God today. That means we have the heavenly father. Yes, he loves us and provides for us. We have his son, Jesus, who loved us enough to die for us and makes intercession for us at the right hand. He's waiting to hear from you so he can make some intercession. He'll ask the Father on your behalf. Oh, what we miss because we miss talking to him. And then we have the Holy Spirit who lives. And by the Holy Spirit, we get our prayer to Jesus. And then Jesus gets it to the Father. And we need to let the Holy Spirit help us and guide us in our prayer life and we need to spend time fellowshipping with the Godhead. When was the last time you fellowship with the Holy Spirit? When was the last time you fellowship with Jesus, just him alone? And then when was the last time you fellowship with the Heavenly Father? We're all in the family, and we're in that family, and it's in us fully, fully. You can't, the only I tell you, you've got to get more of God. You've got it all. You've got all of God. And all we have to do is let him get more of us. That's the situation. Get more of us. We belong to him, we have him, we have all his promises. All we need to do is learn to yield to Him so that he can work through us and do something for us. And then something else. What makes salvation so great? Once it begins, it never ends. Once it begins, it never ends. First John, I mean John 3:16 says, "Everlasting life." John 10:28, and I give unto them eternal life." What is eternal life? You know, eternity, eternal, is impossible for us to understand. Everything we can imagine eventually has an ending to it. Everything you want to do in life, and you think about it, you still can see the end. There's an end to everything we can understand. And eventually, everything ends. Eternity, though, eternal means no beginning and no ending. That's why God is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no ending. I have the fullness of the Godhead bodily, so what I have in God is never going to end. It can't end. And eternity will last as long as God lives. Once it begins, it doesn't stop. Once it begins, you're on the ride, folks. You can't get off. You're going to heaven. So you might as well enjoy the ride. And what we do is we want to complain and worry about what we've got to face and all we've got to do, and we need to be thinking about Jesus, sweet Jesus, how much he means to us, how much he's done for us. And remember that you never. it never ends. Your salvation never ends. When we live in heaven one day, we'll be living there by faith. That we have put in Christ here. That our salvation will last forever. As long as God lives we live. Oh what a promise that is. And then another promise. Number five is this. Uh, uh, whosoever, whoever wants it can have it. <laughs> you want eternal life? You can have it. You want peace in your heart this morning? You can have it. You want joy unspeakable? You can have it. I just go on whatever you want see friend what you've got to understand this world lies to you this world deceives you and tries to make you think that the real peace and happiness is in something else but it's all in Christ everything in Christ this morning and we need to realize whoever wants it can have it eight times the word whosoever is used in the New Testament pertaining to salvation whosoever aren't you glad it was whosoever As whosoever will may come and take of the water of life freely in Revelation 22. Whosoever is an all-inclusive word. It includes everyone. It includes you, my friend, this morning. To better define it, it means whosoever will may come. You can come to Christ today. There's no excuse for you to walk out these doors with no peace. No excuse for you to walk out these doors with no hope. No excuse for you to go into your work week tomorrow uh, full of fear and doubt and disappointment. My friend, Jesus Christ is here today, and this service is all about saying to you, whosoever will, whosoever will, whosoever is discouraged, whosoever is down, whosoever is hurting this morning, you can come to Christ. You can come to him and be healed this morning. Oh, I'm so glad he said whosoever. I'm glad he said that. It's an all-inclusive word, and whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, whosoever will may come. John Calvin was wrong. Calvinism is not taught in the scriptures, and one of the worst heresies of this day, doesn't get much said about it, is the, is the Calvinism that has invaded the churches in America and invaded the Baptist churches, and invaded every denomination. And we have a bunch of people being told that uh, you might not be chosen for salvation. You might be chosen to go burn in hell forever. How wicked, how wicked, how wicked. Oh, my friend, this morning is whosoever will. Uh, and if you go to hell this morning, it'll not be because you're predestined to go there. You go to hell this morning, it be because you rejected the truth. You rejected the Godhead Bodily. And then I'll mention to you sixthly, the price that was paid to obtain it. Luke chapter twenty-three, verse thirty-two says, and there was also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Jesus paid the price for all of us. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. What Jesus did for you. He went to the cross. He became sin for us. He bore your sin. How dare you still want to play with it? How dare you still want to think back and try to have a little moment of pleasure in your mind of the past. The past is what was condemning you. Your past was what had you on the pathway to hell. But thank God you met Jesus along the way. And now your path has been altered and now you're headed toward heaven. He suffered the whipping post for us. Sometimes the prisoner would die from the scourging. Forty stripes save one. He suffered the brutality of that time. Will you and I enjoy it. He endured it that we get to enjoy. He endured paying for your sins. Hey, my friend, Calvary is a, ought to solemn, make you think very solemnly because that was the day that Jesus died on the cross. He took the sins of mankind upon him, the sins of past, present, and future. And he paid that price so that you and I will never pay for it. We'll never pay for it. I'll never have to pay for one sin. Well, I'm thankful for that. I bet many of you are thankful for that too. Uh, and I'm glad that once he forgives you your sin, he doesn't keep a record of me either. We justify it, he says. So we can, it's ours, it's ours. And then the last thing this morning, how great is this salvation? I believe this may be the greatest of all. It's yours for the asking. It's yours for the asking. Don't you discourage anybody. You can be safe. you know you're a sinner, you can ask for it. You need forgiveness? Ask for it. You say, Well, preacher, I, must, I know I need forgiveness. Well, then ask for it. There's no excuse. Ask for it. I am glad that about 67 years ago, a little boy went running into the kitchen where his mother was cooking and pulled on her and said, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell that little boy was me and my mama knelt in the kitchen an old straw chair and led me to Christ you know what I got up from there saved I've been saved ever since I've, I've saved I haven't been a good child all the time but he's always loved me he's never forsook me he's never denied me he's always been there and he always will be my friend this morning salvation is for Asking for it. Ask for it. Anyone could have it this morning. It's yours for the asking. You don't have to be baptized. No. You don't have to do good works. No. Bible doesn't tell you you got to do good. But most people think that. I hope I do enough good. I hope I don't do good. Well, I got news for you. You can't do enough good. Because the, the only good you could have is perfection. Jesus was the standard. We, we have to measure up to him. He was the standard of perfection. We can't be perfect, but we can be justified in His stead because He was perfect, and we can embrace Him as our Savior today. If you realize this morning and acknowledge that you are a sinner, Romans three ten says, "For all of, there's none righteous, no not one." For all of sin to come short of the glory of God, He says, in Romans three. All you have to do is understand that your payment for your sin is hell. Why do, you want to pay for your, why do you want to pay for your sin? You can't pay for it. You will never have enough to pay for your sin. And if you just committed one sin, you'd still have to die and go to hell and pay for it. The only hope is for you to understand the payment for your sin was Jesus Christ. Admit he loves you. Admit he paid your price. That's what most men don't want to do. They want to do something. They want to add something to it. Well, I don't think I can this or I can that. No, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved, he says. Now, it's warning. that's all it takes. Now, it's not, I think I'm saved. No, no, that's not true. It's either you're saved or lost. You either know you are or you know you're not. This business of, well, I just don't know. Oh, you know. You know. You know. It's that pride that you want to hold on to, you've got to have part of it. You, you, I think I'm a basically a good person, and that's the problem right there. There's none good, the Bible says. There's none of us that deserve salvation. We all have the power of God's word to back up a decision if we trust him. So how, how, how do I know it works? Because he said so. And he said, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. 1 John 5, he says, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. There it is. Do you have the Son? Do you have the Son? Does he live inside of you? Can you sit there today and think about wonderful benefits of your salvation? Can you think about all the times that God has been so good to you and you didn't deserve it? I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve anything today. But I want you to know something. God loves you. God will save you if you ask him. But you gotta admit you're a sinner. That's the hardest thing for man. That's the hardest obstacle for man to overcome, is to admit he's a sinner. If you're saved this morning, you ought to be rejoicing. It shouldn't have been this morning. Oh, I gotta go to church. It shouldn't be this morning, oh, the song service. Uh, 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 this that, Oh, no. Your heart ought to be rejoicing this morning. You ought to be pumping that you get to go to church. You get to hear the word of God. You get to see the people of God. Hey, we're just practicing up for heaven today. Oh, I thank God for my salvation. I thank God. He's given me a wonderful life. So many failures I've had. So many times I've disappointed him. But he's never disappointed me. He's never abandoned me. He's, when I've been wrong, he's been right there with me to make me right. Oh, do you have that kind of relationship with him today. You read your Bible, is it sweet? Because you know, you you really are close to the author of that book. Oh, I'm so glad this morning he loves us. I'm glad he died for us. I'm glad he saved us this morning. Don't leave here without Christ. Don't leave here without making a decision. God's speaking to your heart about a decision today. What's there to think about? Uh, those of you who have passed it for many years, you know that I, one of my favorite things I like to shoot down is when people want to say, Well, I'm praying about it. I prayed about it. Why don't you shut up praying and obey? Why don't you just stop and obey? That song, and I've said this many times too, all you got to remember is this. You don't know this. You don't understand that. You don't, and if you're a new Christian, this is it. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So that's what most of us need to do is quit thinking about it, quit worrying about it, and start trusting our Savior and claiming our right as his child they have all his blessings. Well, this morning, let God speak to your heart. Don't leave here without doing business. For God, I please you this morning that you'll do that. Let's bow for prayer this morning.